Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Looking at what he made, what he created, it's crazy to look at those things and then they begin to worship them. They didn't make themselves. They were created. They were created awesome. They're wonderful. It's, it's great. But God should get the glory for the things that he created. Just like if somebody paints a picture and they're an artist, you don't go give that to the painting. You know, you look at the painting and say, Who, whose name is on that? And you give that person credit. Wow, that is, you are really good. That's a great picture you painted or whatever. So we look at the world in which we live. We're looking at God's paintbrush. God has stroked this thing out. Do you give worship to the creation or the creator? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he explains to you that sadly in our world today, more people will give praise to what's been created. They forget all about how there is a creator, God, who made all of this amazing creation. Pastor Bill encourages you to be careful of what you give your worship to. Make sure that all of your worship goes to God and Him alone. He alone is worthy to be praised. See all the beauty that's around you and thank Christ for it. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter 1 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Judas Iscariot knew God. He knew, he knew him in his, he knew his power. He saw the miracles firsthand. I mean, he knew God, but he did not glorify him as God. And that's why he is not in heaven right now. Why he died a miserable death. I don't know if you could be any closer to the Lord than Judas. I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm still blown away that you, anybody that close. I mean, all the way up until the Last Supper, he got food too. At the foot washing, he got his feet washed too. I mean, he was there for everything, but he didn't make it. Didn't make it. Although he knew God, didn't glorify him as God. So we don't want to be guilty of that. We want to know God and we want to be careful to glorify him as God. Amen. And how do you glorify him as God? This is, this is, this is, I think this is important. It's key. How do I glorify him as God? I, I live submitted, right? If I'm saying, God, you created the world. You are God of heaven and earth. You are that God. You are the one spoken of in scripture. Psalm 19, Psalm 19 is about you. If I recognize that that's who God is, then I'm going to glorify him as God as I submit my life to him. As I say, God, you tell me what to do and I do it because I'm, I, that's part of how I glorify you as God. Part of how I give you worth and I acknowledge you and I, I, I recognize your, your, who you are as God is I, I submit, I yield, I do what you say. That's how I glorify God as God. Amen. And so it's the lack of yielding. It's the lack of, though I know all these things about him, it's the lack of that that says, yeah, I know all that about you, but I'm going to still do me. That's what puts people in a really bad. That's what Judas did. Judas knew everything you could know about Jesus. He heard the teachings straight out the mouth of God. And decided that, I mean, just I wasn't he wasn't really with it. He was worried about the money in the money bag and whatever else he was about. So knowing that you could be that close, I always want to warn us. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're really close. Come to church all the time. But you know in your life that you don't glorify him as God. You're not dead yet like Judas. You can repent today. You could say, God, I'm, I, I heard your word today and I, I, I need to glorify you as God. I have not been doing that. But you don't want to be that close. And yep, I know it's true. Yes, I've been aware. Yes, I've, it's been it's been shown to me, but I just didn't choose to acknowledge you. So moving on, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. Then it says this, nor were thankful. Uh, another attribute of someone that's not really giving God the glory for they weren't thankful. Uh, people that glorify God for who he is are thankful people. Right. 
Everybody here that's born again and you glorify God for who he is, you should be thankful. If for nothing else, that I'm going to heaven. If nothing else goes my way, I'm going to heaven. The blood of Christ is cleansing my sins. Jesus died on, in my place. As I glorify him as God, I should be thankful. Amen. I should be very thankful for who he is and for what he's done. So it says that they didn't glorify him as God and they weren't thankful. All that God has done, they weren't thankful. So I would challenge us to consider our level of thankfulness. Do you praise the Lord in your own life? I'm not saying you got to be have a great voice and sing and everything. I know we all differ in that. But are you thankful? As your, does your heart wake up on days and just say, man, God, thank you, Lord. You're good to me. You speak his thanks to other people. You know, you open, you praise him and worship him when the opportunity comes. Um, it's part of glorifying him as God. I'm, we should be thankful. We should be most of all the people in the world. We should be some of the most thankful people that God has done what he's done for us. And and so they weren't thankful. And it says this, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. And it's interesting that those who don't want to see lose the ability or the capacity to see. So at one point, they refused to see him for what he was, though it was right in their face. And God says, so at a point, they got to the place where they could no longer see him for what he was. Um, as you choose not to see, you'll lose the ability to see. That's scary. That, that, that scares me. Um, that should be a scary thought that God, if I... If when it's in my face and I can see, if I, if I reject the light often enough, God, so what's going to happen is you're going to lose the capacity. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Foolishness in the Bible is, is um, the Greek word is moros. We get our English word moron. And it's, it's, it's knowing what you're supposed to do, it, but not doing it. Um, Jesus said, those who hear these sayings of mine, but don't do them, are like a foolish man. Moros, moron, stupid is what it literally means. Knew what they were supposed to do, but they didn't do it. That's what it's saying here. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Though they knew what it was, they refused to do it. Stupid to live like that. And God says the result of that was their hearts were darkened. Now they can't see. Now they're in a darkened state. And so verse 22, it says, professing to be wise, they became fools. And I, I, I see that in our world today, that many people in their desire to be wise, professing to know something. I read this. I studied this. I read from this one doctor. I read from this, this certain PhD person. And so now, therefore, God says, professing to be wise. This is not new, right? It's happening today, but it was happening way back here where there were smart people, supposedly, that God says, look, professing to be wise, what they did was became fools. That's what happens when I decide apart from God, I'm going to be smart apart from God can't be smart apart from God. He is wisdom. And so professing to be wise, it says they became fools. Their foolish hearts were darkened. This is what happens. This is now we're going to be we're kind of heading down a spiral now. So for those that they didn't glorify him as God, though they knew him, that was the beginning of the spiral. Um, but first, they suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. Then they though they knew him. They didn't glorify him as God. Then they weren't thankful. Then they and their, their, their foolish hearts were dark and then they be professing to become be wise. Now they become fools and it's going to keep going down from here. Verse 23. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four footed animals and creeping things. And so because they wouldn't worship the, the unseen God, because it takes faith. And this has been a, a challenge for people throughout the ages. 
all the way back for you guys that are with us on, on uh, a Thursday nights. And we went through Exodus and now we're in Leviticus. What the children of Israel seem to struggle with over and over again is going to the uh, where the other nations were. And they had a relationship with the true and living God, but he was invisible and they had to worship him by faith. Um, they would see other nations had a God of gold, a God of wood, a God you could see, a God you can touch. And they wanted one of those, like, like what they have. Only thing is those gods are not gods. They don't speak. They don't hear. They don't answer. They don't think. They don't do miracles. But for whatever reason, in, in our fallen human nature, but I, I, don't, I don't have to have faith to, to, touch, to touch it and to, and to deal with it. And so people were drawn after that. And so the same is true here. God says, look, they, they've exchanged. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God and they changed it into things they could see. And first it says, and I want you to see the downward spiral of what they began to worship. First, they changed the image of God and they made him like corruptible man. That's the first thing people do. People make a God after their liking. Take him off his throne. And if I'm an alcoholic, I make a God that's OK with alcohol. If I'm sleeping around fornicating, I come up with a God that's not that mad at fornicating. Um, if I'm homosexual, I come up with a God that loves homosexuals and is OK and everybody's all right. If whatever I am, I come up with a God that's OK with that. And that's a, that's that's taking that's making a God after my likeness. It says they, they made they and, and these people were making gods of men. They were giving they were ascribing attributes of deity to men, making statutes of actual men and worshiping them. Then it goes down from there. So they made exchange, change the glory of God into an image like corruptible men. Then it says this and birds and four footed animals uh, and creeping things. I think the old King James called the creeping things reptiles. And I want you to see how it went from first. It was a man. Then it was birds to fly. Then it was four footed animals. And then it was like little lizards, little creeping things. And man just worshiped stupider and stupider and stupider things. Over in India, if you uh, and I watched several things on on them there, some nations like that that are very religious. Um, they worship things that you would just be blown away. There's area in India where they work India where they worship rats. And there, I mean, there's temples. And they have, you know, you watch you can YouTube it or video it. Uh, look, look it up on Google it. But these people are there and there's thousands of fat rats. I mean, these rats are fat. They're healthy. They're, they're just, I mean, they're just, and they live here. And these people got to take off their shoes to walk into the rat temple. It's just foolishness, but that's what they got to do. And they take food and they worship them. And you better not step on one and you better not kill one. There are areas in India where they worship the cow. And the people are starving. They take grain as an offering and they hang it on the neck of the cow. So the cow's eaten and people are dying. I'm like, you got people dying on the block and filet mignon is walking down the street, but they won't eat it, you know, because they worship it. And so I just look at it and it's like, how backwards is that? But that's what we do when we weren't when we won't worship God um, and they start worshiping the creation and. Again, creation really should bear witness of the creator. I should look at creation and worship God all the more. I should look at the things God created and say, man, God is look at look at this is his handiwork. This is God was just playing around. Look at look at some birds and the colors and the things and, 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 and the extra little things that God does. And like God's like, I was just showing off. We looked at this thing yesterday. There was a, a it was a type of squid in the sea and it, it lights up when it swims. And so it attracts animals to eat it. But then when they come to eat it, because there's little lights going in the dark part of the sea, he's flashing, 
The octopus come, wrap it up, and this thing is all soft, but when he opens up his inside, there's uh, there's a little claw to eat with, and they said that the, the material that this claw is made of is the strongest known uh, material in the in the in, in you know in the the world that they can find stronger than Teflon, stronger than you know all these other types of metal. And they said this once they wrap the once the animal thinks it's going to eat him, wraps him up. He exposes this thing and it starts eating him alive. And I'm just like, that's amazing. So I'm because I was looking like, how's this little cute thing flashing, make it in the bottom of the sea, but. He opened up that little claw and it's like, <laughs> he's going to make it just fine, you know. I, I'm, I, could, I mean, I don't want to bore you with all my animal show stuff, but I'm, I'll be blown away. That stuff, you should look at that and just be like, man, God is, look at that, man. That's my God. Looking at what he made, what he created, it's crazy to look at those things and then they begin to worship them. They didn't make themselves. They were created. They were created awesome. They're wonderful. It's, it's great. But God should get the glory for the things that he created. Just like if somebody paints a picture and they're an artist, you don't go give that to the painting. You know, you look at the painting and say, Who, whose name is on that? And you give that person credit. Wow, that is you are really good. That's a great picture you painted or whatever. So when we look at the world in which we live. We're looking at God's paintbrush. God has stroked this thing out. And we should look at this and it should cause us to glorify him. But what these people have done is they reject him and they're on the downward spiral. They said, well, I'm going to worship the creation rather than the creator. And we'll see that now. Verse 24. We're going to see here the first of three times where God says he gives them up. And I got to tell you, it's a very scary thought for God to say, I'm giving you up. I'm, I'm giving you over to what it is that you want. And so verse 24, he says, therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. The word uncleanness there speaks of sexual sins, fornication, adultery, uh, lascivious behavior, uh, you know, with men and women dishonoring their bodies among themselves. God says, so the first thing he said, I, as I gave them over, um, I gave them up. He gave them up to uncleanness. And so what does that mean? Did God, did God make them unclean? Absolutely not. This is what happened as they don't retain the knowledge of God, as they reject God. God says there's a point that comes where I just say, you know what? Go for it. Have it. You have it. You don't want me. So now I'm no longer going to be actively at work to draw you to myself. I've already illuminated you. You've seen and understood and have rejected anyway. So now I'm going to give you over to your sexual sin. It's going to penalize you. Part of being turned over. Some people think that in their sin, that they're sinning and God's being merciful, letting them get away with it. They don't even understand that it's part of God's wrath to give you over to it. So some people are just, oh, I'm doing it. Nothing's happening. You don't understand you're under wrath. You're under wrath. You're, you're, you're becoming active in a behavior that will send you to hell. That's not God's not approved. God didn't say, OK, I'm, I'm going to let you slide for a while. It's not mercy. God says, look, it's in his wrath. The, the wrath of God is revealed. That's what we're looking at here. Well, how is his wrath revealed? One way his wrath is revealed is when people say, God, I don't want you. I don't want to submit to you. I want to do my own thing. That God will come to a point where he says, you know what? Go ahead. You're under wrath. And so you're not getting away with it. It's not that you're not going to pay for it. It's 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 actually a penalty all by itself. The fact that you're being enraptured in and taken victim, not, not victim, but taken hold. You're being taken hold of by sexual sin. That's that's a punishment in and of itself, even though it doesn't seem like it. Um, and so that's where it began. God's I gave them over and they begin to to in their own lust, a uh, dishonor. Their bodies among themselves. Interesting. 
that in a culture like ours that wants to put God out, what happens when you put God out? Sexual sins rampant. That's what happens. Sexually immoral culture. We live in a very perverse, very sexually immoral world. Those that, again, don't retain God. They want to put down marriage. They want to put down the institution. They want to change the institution, refocus it, rename it, restructure it, blah, blah, blah. That's what happens when people say, I don't want God. God says, go ahead. I'm giving you over to those things. Verse 25, speaking of this group still, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creator rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. So their error was that rather than worshiping the creator, the creator, they, they worshiped and served the creation. And so what do we do for what do we take from that? Just make sure that we're worshiping the creator, that we enjoy his creation and we give him glory for what he's created. But we want to worship the creator. Uh, we want to acknowledge him for who he is. We want to glorify him. We don't want to be this group. But also, this lets me know as I'm, I minister in this world that when I look at this and I see it and I see people worshiping the creation, I see that you would do more time in jail for destroying a eagle's nest than you would for killing me. That's messed up. I think I'm more valuable than an eagle egg. You know, I think y'all are more valuable than an eagle egg. But the world in which we live, they place a value on the creation and animals become in some areas. You're going to do more crime. You're going to do more time for what you do to some animals. I won't name the, 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 the stars that did things with dogs. But I mean, they did more. They have more punishment for what they did to dogs than what for some people do to human beings. Um, blows me away. But that's our world. It's just all twisted. It's all backwards. So we want to be careful to worship the creator. You guys, that's for those that understand who God is and know him. Um, it should be our pleasure to just man worship in his God. Then we can enjoy creation. You can go out and do a hike, a nature hike. You can go out and look at the creation, look at the animals and look at the things and just say, man, God is God is awesome. These are the things that he made with his hands and it should it should give glory and credit to him. Verse 26, the second time God gives them over, it gets worse. It's a downward spiral. 26 it says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So God says, now, first, it starts off with them worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Then God gave them up to vile passions. And so they dishonored their bodies among themselves with sexual sin, fornication, adultery, lascivious behaviors, so forth and so on. And then as they continued, as they, as they, as they didn't retain God in their knowledge, as they worshiped and served the creature, the creature rather than creator, God says, now it's getting worse. Now I gave them up again. But what they're doing now is even more vile, vile passions. Um, now I want to explain uncleanness is, is just, it could be regular sexual sin, Vile passions is like, okay, now we've gone a degree worse. Um, it's vile. That means in God's eyes, it's a disgusting, it's a repulsive, it's vile passion. You're passionate about something that's vile and disgusting in the sight of God. God gave them up to that. He didn't make them do this. This is already in them, right? As you don't retain God in your knowledge, this is what people don't understand. When you go in your flesh, no one knows how far it's going to take you. For those of us that walked in the world for a period of time, I know most of us did things that we thought, I, th I thought I would never do that. And I did that. 
I, I, you know, if you asked me at this phase of my life, you think you will ever? No, I don't think I ever do that. And I did it. How did I get there? Just, just continuing in sin. Um, I always, I got my little phrase and I, I love it because it's so true. So sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. Once you give yourself over to sin, you've lost control. And so you, you can't say, well, I'm just going to sin this far. I'm going to drink. I'm not going to get drunk. Watch what happens. I'm going to smoke a little bit of weed, but I'm never going to do crack. Watch what happens. Go interview people that are getting off a of crack. I've done it. And find out, well, where did you, where did drug addiction begin for you? Almost all the time. It starts with weed. I've been telling the high school kids this. It, it, almost everybody that ended up on some hard drug, the entry drug to, you know, getting high and seeming like it was innocent because so many people did it was weed. That's how you got addicted to getting high. And then eventually you just, you're just in line to get messed up later on one day. Um, but here it says they're, they're giving up to now vile passions. God said, I'm giving them up. I'm, I'm letting them do what they want to do. What are the vile passions here? It's homosexual behavior. It says the women left the natural use of the, of, of for what was against nature. Um, and so I got to point this out. It's homosexual, uh, homosexual behavior is against nature. And I don't want to be gross, but I want to be clear. So, it's against nature how? God made the man, and when he made man, he obviously knew when he made man that he was going to make woman. He made man with reproductive uh, abilities. He made man with, man with sexual organs. Um, he made man with everything that man has right now. Then when he made woman, he already knew that there was man, and God made woman to be a, a counterpart. Um, I made a helper comparable to him, God they said in, 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 in uh, Genesis. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. And God put him to sleep, took out his rib, made the woman, fashioned her. And she came out and she looked different. She got body parts that he don't have. She has breasts. He does not. Hopefully. <laughs> Unless he eats too much, you know. Uh, she has, you know, uh, reproductive organs that are different from his. The reproductive organs come together. Um, God has created them in such a way that hers receives his and it can reproduce a child. And when the child is produced, not until it comes out. But when it comes out, then these make milk and they feed them. That's a, it's just it's amazing God did all that. And so to exchange it for what's against nature, you take a woman and a woman, it's like, well, what y'all going to do? Some, some, something vile. Take a man and a man. What are you going to do? Something vile, something against nature. God didn't make it to work that way. But you take a man and a woman and everybody can just look at it and say, yeah, obviously it was intended to work this way. Good things come about and all these different things. This is what God did. What Satan always does is takes what God did and he wants to pervert it. It's, it's a way, I believe, it's one of the ways that, that he comes against the work of God. I want to pervert the work of God. God did this beautiful thing here, so I want to encourage people to do it outside of marriage. Why? Because it's not blessed outside of marriage. Outside of marriage, we got kids without parents. We got relationship without covenant. We got all these trauma and all these problems that happen. We got, it's, it's, and so that's one way. Tempting people outside the covenant of marriage to partake of sexual behavior and it brings hardship. It brings pain. It brings all these. There's all this stuff. We look at our society right now. The same people that are pushing saying you don't have to get married. That's archaic and old. They're saying we don't know why there's an epidemic of fatherless homes. I know why. Because people are laying up without a commitment to marriage. So women are having babies by men that have no commitment to them. And it doesn't make it's, it's wrong on both parts. I hear a lot about the men and their deadbeats and their dogs. But unless it was rape, they're laying up with you consensually. Y'all did that. Y'all did that to these kids. I look at these kids. 
with no dads and, and no stability. And I'm like, your parents, parents did this to them. This is not their fault. But they're now they're growing up and they're lacking something. They didn't get it. And that's jacking up society. How do we get there? This sin, sexual sin. Now, now Satan taking a step further. Forget that. Go on and get a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And let's push that on society. Let's try to make that normal. Um, but it's not normal. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on a transforming word as he works his way through the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul dove into the mysteries of faith in this letter to the church in Rome, drawing on a rich history found in the Old Testament. He looks back to the faith of Abraham, which was counted to him as righteousness. This is what he had to say about the patriarch in chapter 4, verses 20 to 21. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Since we get to participate in the righteousness that comes through faith, let's set our hearts and minds on the power of God to do everything he had promised. We're so glad you decided to spend your time with us today. There's so much more that Paul gave us through the letter to the Romans, from deep theology to practical instructions on how to live. You won't want to miss a message, and we've made it easy for you to stay connected through Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. But we also have a free mobile app with access to our messages. To find out, head over to calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. Look under the media tab to find a plethora of messages in our mobile app. While you're on the website, take a look around. We have a lot more available to you, including a daily Bible reading plan. Well, we're out of time for today, but we'll see you here next time, where we will again bring you a transforming word.